I mean, I don't know about you, but it feels like the time. This has been the longest summer. In and that, August. yeah, it's just like we're we're literally in some ways a world apart from where we were even in the spring of this year and it's it's pretty wild to think about are you are you, are you feeling the same kind of uh i i guess uh what's what's the word see i, I all my vocabulary is gone from the summer <laughs> no there's definitely a uh a dissonance there you go what summer used to be and what this summer was for a yes. lot of different reasons and you know living in a global pandemic is not something I ever anticipated for my life, let alone when I was teaching and, you know, as a young adult and living in California, it has really been a strange one. And it's so hard to think futuristically. I, I, I mean, pretty quickly when lockdowns became prevalent and, you know, the way in which we went about our public lives was altered dramatically we all kind of knew like okay this is this is something that we're going to tell our kids about and our grandkids about and it's it's going to leave a lasting impression but we didn't really quite know what that retelling would have looked like and i feel like week after week that retelling is changing seriously and like the expectations of what comes next shift so much every single day that i i, I feel like no longer can i predict what the next week or month or year will look like. And that was a practice that was so common in my life ahead of the pandemic. I was such like a forward thinker and um, letting go of that, surrendering to that has been really novel for me. How's your summer? <laughs> I feel like I haven't talked to you in literally forever on another note. I want to catch up. Like what is new in your life? I know it's, I mean, the, the, I guess good news is that not too much is different. We're all healthy and we're just taking life a day at a time like we were, um, you know, two, three, four, five months ago. And um, and we've been well. My, my summer was characterized, I would say, largely by uh, stepping back from school, stepping back from education and, and certain um, obligations, not in the sense that I wanted nothing to do with it, but and, and I don't know how much of this I revealed on earlier uh, podcasts from the end of last season, but distance learning challenged me professionally in ways that I could not fathom. I, I initially didn't think that the transition to distance learning was going to be all that um, significant or severe, especially for uh, the way we normally conduct business at Odyssey. Um but it was, and it really caught me off guard. Um, in, in many respects, it was disheartening for me personally um, to, to lose that connection uh, with our young people. And uh, it was disengaging uh, in other respects. And I found it increasingly difficult to push myself and to motivate myself uh, to, to keep going and to keep teaching and guiding uh, with the same rigor that I, I usually did. And so I, I decided once uh, summer school had concluded, um, which is really the last time you and I were having these conversations, um, that you know I, I had to step back. I had to kind of focus on me, make sure that I was rejuvenating myself so that when fall came around and inevitably distance learning would return, um, 
I would be ready. I would have the energy and the stamina. Um, and, and the days that I spent with my wife and kids and, and the adventures that we went on, what, what adventures we could go on, uh, were super helpful. And I'm happy to say that, you know, as we have returned and we're starting to get ourselves geared up for the 2020, 2021 school year, I'm, uh, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling very refreshed. And I think that, uh, the summer is exactly, uh, what the doctor ordered as they say, um, but I know you kept yourself uh, busy in more ways than one. How, how was your summer? Man, Hunter, it was a crazy summer. Like crazy in different ways than crazy has ever looked for me before. Um, oh, yeah. If you'll recall, last summer uh, was my wedding and my honeymoon to Europe with um, Nick. And this summer was not as <laughs> full of uh, adventure and uh, big life events as that one was. Um, so I think just naturally, you know, having the the juxtaposition of that being my my prior summer and this one obviously looking much different, um, I felt that in, in a lot of ways. Um, but it was a rewarding summer in that I was given the opportunity to lean into school uh, way harder than I, you know, even thought I, I could. Um, I, I was offered a, a role at Odyssey as a TOSA. Have you ever heard of that before? Yes, teacher on special assignment. Okay, your girl had to Google that because <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard of a TOSA before. And I think that probably why is because it's kind of an invisible role, right? Most people that work as TOSAs are um, teachers working on, you know, special projects or on finite tasks uh, to support the progress of the school, sometimes over the summer or, or throughout the school year. And so as we transitioned Keith, um, our wonderful principal from last year, to his new role, Becky moved into the role of principal. Shout out to Becky. We love you. Happy for you. Um, there was like a lot of work that needed to be done. And as we searched for a new dean of students um, to fill Becky's prior role, uh, I, I kind of stepped in to support in that space. Um, so it looked like a lot of scheduling, a lot of calendaring, um, building out professional development experiences, connecting with our families and our incoming freshmen. It was so rewarding and exciting and professionally challenging. I feel like I've grown so much as a professional and I've seen illuminated to me some of the misconceptions or shortcomings of my last two years as an advisor at Odyssey. It's like almost a zooming out of sorts that has allowed me to kind of see some of my decisions from the past two years as, as areas of growth. And um, I feel really humbled and invigorated by the experience. So definitely a fun opportunity to lean into work, but I really haven't taken my eyes off Zoom in a long time. <laughs> so I can imagine. I, you know, like you're, you're talking about time with, with your family, and I, I was able to take some time with my family this summer, and of course time with Nick, my husband, and Luna, our dog, and finding those bits of respite and restoration more sporadically, but just as importantly, um, right, than how summers have looked for me previously. Well, I can share from the perspective of your colleagues that your work this summer has certainly um, found some return 
in the work that we are doing now together as a staff to get ourselves um, situated, to get ourselves ready to go for the new school year. So your work is not unnoticed. I can, again, speak on behalf of everyone. Um, we're just super thankful and appreciative uh, of everything that you've done to, uh, again, continue this rich tradition uh, that we have here at Odyssey of uh, getting kids engaged in their learning, kids and families. So thank you so much for all of that. Oh, Hunter, it's so sweet of you to say. I, I've, I've really enjoyed it. And um, it's been challenging to see myself in a role that is different than an advisor. It's a so, new hat. Yeah, it's, it's not lost on me that there's like some growing pains and some, <laughs> you know, just like re-navigating like what, what my role will look like this year as I transition back into being an advisor full-time. So thank you as always for your grace and to all of our other team members. I, um, I'm grateful that, that the work is being supportive for, for moving our mission forward. And I appreciate all the, the grace as I transition back into my advisor role. Absolutely. Well, speaking of transitioning into the advisor role, um, plenty of things to talk about as we have been preparing to get ready for this new school year. We've got um, some great new staff members joining our team, which we'll talk about a little later on. Um, we're reviewing our values. We're, we're trying to recalibrate, reorient ourselves as to what this whole learning experience is going to look like. And of course, the fact that we're returning to distance learning is going to be presenting um, its own uniqueness as well. Luno coming in. Wow, I'm sorry. <laughs> no apologies necessary. I had to get on the podcast. I get it. We can cut that out. <laughs> well, well, you know what? Don't be surprised if I leave it because I, li I like impromptu dog barks. I think it's going to catch our viewers off guard and make sure they're paying attention. So yeah. I, I kind of like it. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what an effective interruption to your beautifully timed transition. Should I talk about 11th grade? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us all about 11th grade, Courtney. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, Hunter knows this, but maybe people that are listening don't. Um, when Hunter and I started at Odyssey, we started at the same time and we started in the ninth grade class. Ninth grade class was the only class we had at Odyssey. It was the first year, the inaugural group. Since then, we have moved up. Last year, we moved up to the 10th grade with the same inaugural class. And this year is no different. Now we are junior year advisors. So exciting. It's a big deal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, keeping with Odyssey curriculum design, uh, we believe that every year of learning should be thematically connected. And our theme in the 11th grade year is public health. And I had to do some Googling myself around what public health means, um, because I think that as a concept, it has a lot of visible and invisible structures. So when we think about public health and we look at it through a philosophical, a historical, a scientific, and an ethical lens, we learn so much about not only the creation of public health policy, but also the beliefs that led to that creation, the practices that come after those beliefs and those policies you know, came into being. And um, I'm super thrilled for, for a chance to learn about public health with our team, uh, we've got Nicole doing biotechnology science. We have Sammy working on Spanish for heritage and non-heritage speakers looking for links to public health. I think it is going to be a really, really rich year of learning. 
And to put that in the context of what's going on in our country now, I mean, from from a global perspective, um, there has been tragedy, there has been success and celebration, there has been a wide um, array of response to the coronavirus pandemic. And, and what better time to talk about public health policy and, and how we could be applying it today uh, than in this moment uh, as, as a nation, uh, as a planet. It's going to be really profoundly interesting to connect the two uh, when we talk about them. Absolutely. I couldn't be more excited um, to do this learning with our scholars and with you in such a moment in history where it is necessary to understand why are we here, how did we get here, and where do we need to go next? Really good questions. But so you, you alluded a little bit earlier, Hunter, to kind of what's happening in our professional world uh, in terms of, you know, bringing on a new team and grounding ourselves and our values as a school um, as we begin to make some really difficult choices around what learning looks like for us virtually. Um, so I'm curious if you could just speak a little bit more to that. What, what does revisiting these values look like and, and what does it mean to you? Well, it's one of the things I enjoy so much about working at Odyssey. Um, you know, I, I think the the standard, whatever you would say, the standard approach to resuming school in the fall, um, at least in my experience from what I've observed at more traditional comprehensive high schools is um, staff shows up, um, you know, three, four days before the formal start of the school year. It's a lot of nuts and bolts, presentations, um, procedures, drills, things that the district wants you to be expecting. And those are all valuable. And at Odyssey, we do all of those. But on top of that, we add this metacognitive layer as a staff where we really sit down and we continue to think about what our goals are, what our aims are. Uh, as a school. And, and we will always go back to our values document, where we look at things in the past that we have outlined for ourselves, such as providing an equitable learning experience for all scholars, believing in the infinite potential of all scholars, our value of collaborative work school-wide, not just with our scholars, but with each other as colleagues. And we continue to revisit that ask ourselves, what does that mean? And, and you hit the nail on the head in that, how do these values shift with distance learning um, amidst a pandemic? What exactly does that look like? So we've actually now spent the past, I think, what, seven, eight days um, meeting in Zoom calls online to have those conversations and, and to really get our, our minds around what this means for us as an Odyssey community. I do have to give a very special shout out uh, to San, San Sam from uh, the Big Picture Learning uh, Organization. Uh, he has known about uh, Odyssey for the past couple of years. And uh, we asked, hey, would you mind working with us and help us ground these values and what we're doing specifically around restorative practices? And, and he left it the chance and we've had a great past couple of days. Uh, so special shout out to San. Uh, for, for all of his work uh, with us in, in helping us get grounded there. Um, but so awesome. oh, yeah, uh, he sounds the best. And uh, you, you and I met him back in Atlanta at the Big Bang um, a couple of years about. ago. I was thinking yeah. about that the other day and I was like, wow, how little did we know? <laughs> <laughs> we were just babies. 
going out to restaurants and not socially distancing in the evenings. What was that all about? I know I did like a great tour of Atlanta with a group of scholars, like in an advisory tutorial space. It was so formative for me and my understanding of interest-based learning. I loved it. And I think equally valuable in these conversations that we've had is that it gives us a chance to show our new staff who we are and what we are all about. Um, and I was going to hand it off to you, Courtney, to talk a little bit about uh, more about what that onboarding of our new staff has looked like so far. Yeah, totally. I've, I'm constantly in awe at the depth of knowledge and experience that always comes into our school conversations when we onboard a new team. We think we have thought of the you know best way to do something, or we think that we are rooted in our values explicitly. And then we bring in new perspectives and we learn so much. And our new team this year is no exception. They've come in, really laid their hearts on the table. They've been vulnerable. They've been humble. They've worked to contribute so intentionally to our school culture, to our thoughts around academic excellence and project-based learning. And I think part of what makes our professional learning space so powerful is that we really desire to hear from everyone in our decision-making, in our construction of knowledge, in building our context. It's not like, a, oh, the returning staff is going to stand up and present exclusively on what competency-based learning is or on what it looks like to engage with scholars through Zoom. It really is a space where I feel like we're co-constructing a collective understanding about how we move forward in the best way we could right now with what we know together. And that space is so sacred to me. It like fills me with so much inspiration and hope about what this year can look like. And um, just hats off to the new team because they have come into this really wholeheartedly. It's no small task to start a new job and be asked to reflect vulnerably on your past personal experiences and like totally do a lot of reading and a lot of learning and a lot of unlearning and they are just up to the challenge. I love it. And in these conversations, we've been just like, I don't know, processing the fact that we're still building a school. You know, this is only year three of Odyssey and uh, that we're doing Seriously. it in, in a distance learning setting. And so I'm, I'm wondering if you could, you know, fill us in on what that looks like, kind of what, what's next for us in wake of distance learning after all of these powerful and rich conversations with our team. It, it really does come back to our conversation of values and the way in which we build relationships with kids um, at Odyssey, because the, the, the biggest concern I'd say we've had as a staff this week is, how are we going to make sure that even with distance learning, we are reaching and making connections to our scholars and to our scholars' families? And because the technology makes it possible, but it doesn't make it easier um, than the way we would be able to do this while we were on campus. Um, I, I am especially, um, my hearts are especially with our uh, freshman team as we're going to be getting a, a new group of, of ninth graders in, and this is how they're going to start. This is where they have to build the relationships from, you know, our returning sophomores and juniors, um, they more or less know the drill. And so we're going to be able to build off of that prior experience. Whereas I think there's a taller order at stake. Um, but I'm hopeful 
because of these conversations we've had the past couple of weeks as to how we can use these tools um, to our benefit, to our advantage, um, to really foster strong relationships earlier in the year. Um, we've always valued taking the first four days of our school year to not focus on anything academic and instead focus exclusively on building those relationships. Um, and we're actually going to be extending that time a little bit at the beginning of this year. I think we said you confirm for me eight days. Is that right? Yeah, it's the first week now the first, instead of the first four. Right. So we're we're building on that time because we are spending you know not as much time online as we would in person, uh, but also because we we understand the importance. Uh, of building those relationships so that everything else coming down the pike from a distance learning will be able to tackle together uh, more positively. And so um, our conversations have been really geared around that, um, as well as just figuring out how can we use this technology in our lesson building. Um, you know, we're in the nature of giving shout outs today. I got a shout out, uh, Gail, our 10th grade uh, uh, science teacher for presenting today a ton of strategies that we can use with Zoom specifically, uh, but even beyond um, to engage with our learners and, and to make sure that they are engaging themselves in the content and helping themselves along, preparing themselves to ask questions. And anytime they get stuck, as, as we educators love to do, we just wanna come in and, and dissolve that confusion. We wanna make sure that they have the tools uh, to succeed. And I think our conversations have have really led to that. So it's, it's really easy, I think, to look ahead and think, man, this is going to be a daunting school year. I don't know what to expect. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be tough. And I'm not saying it's not going to be any of those things. But one thing I am looking forward to is being able to foster strong relationships through technology, um, through Zoom, through all of the tools that we have at our disposal, and then come together to continue to set high expectations for work, to continue to push scholars out of their comfort zones and towards this whole new world of growth um, that we know uh, they're capable of attaining. And just the excitement of that possibility is something that I'm really uh, looking forward to this upcoming school year. I'm wondering, Courtney, what is something that you are looking forward to uh, with the uh, onset of distance learning and the rest of this uncertain school year. Okay, Hunter, let me take out the book of things I've written down about things I'm excited about. Um, yes, <laughs> no, please. I, yeah, no, I, I'm kidding. I, I haven't made a book yet, but um, I'm really excited about a lot of things. I love the start of a new school year. And I think if I was going to break it down into like my top three things, number one, I'm really excited to see the scholars again. Um, I miss them when we don't see them. And I feel like getting to form the bonds that we've gotten to form with them over the last two years has just created a community that I cherish greatly. And I miss when we're not together. And so I'm excited to connect with them and see how their priorities uh, have shifted over the summer and share with them what I've learned this summer and what I've reflected on and where my areas of growth are as an educator and where they want their areas of growth to be as learners. I just, um, I like live for that space apart to reflect and then come back together. I'm also looking forward to designing 
authentic projects for um, a real life need. You know, we met with Nicole and Rosemary and Alec and Sammy this week and are thinking about the big kind of culminating projects that we envision for the first couple of months of school. And I just um, couldn't be more thrilled with the direction that we're going with these projects. Uh, I think that they're gonna be exceptional learning opportunities for our scholars and there's gonna be a, a real buy-in for this, this, these projects that are coming up the pipeline. And I'm also excited about continuing to challenge myself professionally. Um, you know, I'm starting my grad program at USC next week, <laughs> major gulp. And I ordered all my textbooks. Um, I preemptively deleted all social media apps to remove distractions. I just, um, I'm going to face a really hard two years professionally, uh, pushing myself to learn and grow in ways that you really only do through like a, a school setting where you're being held accountable to, to, to that growth. And I'm excited and I'm nervous. Um, but those are probably the things I'm looking forward to. You laid out such a, a thoughtful set of things you're looking forward to as well. And, and I love, um, you know, hearing from other educators where they find hope in this point in time. We're in the start of the school year. We're also in the middle of a pandemic or still the beginning or maybe close to the end. I don't know. Um, all of that is really scary and unpredictable. Um, but finding that that joy and that optimism to me is like evidence that we love the work. Absolutely. And so for you, when, we, when you think about all these things you're looking forward to, I'm wondering, like, what does it look like if we succeed in distance learning? I know it's not really like a race that you can win, and it's not like there's a finish line towards being like, you know, oh, we're a good distance learning school. But like, how would you know if we were successful as a team in rolling out a strong distance learning experience with our young people? Totally. Um, you know, something I first have to acknowledge before I answer that question is that when we look to last year, I think we were pretty successful throughout the remainder of the school year in maintaining distance learning. Um, and, and I looked at two things that proved that. Number one, our attendance was consistently high. I, I think that on average, we were hitting around 93%. Uh, of, a, of an attendance rate. That's the number I remember hearing last. Um, and what that shows me was that um, scholars were committed and they made a choice to be present. Um, and then beyond that, we did not really, we didn't really water down. We didn't necessarily even modify our expectations for the quality of work, for the quality of projects. I think that throughout that time towards the end of last school year, it could have been very easy as a staff, as a team to say, you know, let's just pull back. You know, there's a lot of things going on. Um, you know, maybe we, we take this away, we take this away. Um, mind you, we, we did narrow our focus in that instead of juggling a million things at one time, like we were kind of doing in the middle of last year, um, we, we did focus on one or two larger projects and offering support um, I think we should have an episode coming up here where we talk about the success of the activism project um, yeah. and how we're using that to fuel our design this year. I think that that's a great story um, that we can uh, that we can share in another episode. So 
I think for a lot of reasons, my indicator of success this year are going to be the same indicators of success that I had last year. Um, if, if we're still seeing that um, high participation rate and the, the rigor of these projects continues to be demanding um, and, and, and we see these kids, these young people just attacking it, um, I, I think that's going to be all the proof in the world that I need to show that distance learning has been successful. Are there other indicators that you've been kind of keeping in the back of your head as we get ready for this new school year? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when I think about success in the classroom setting, kind of my answer always is like, well, just ask the kids. <laughs> you know, True. they'll be able to tell us, were, did we, were we successful? Did, did you learn? Did you have fun? Uh, you know, what are you? Okay, wow. Where, where do I want to go with this? We listened recently to this like excellent speech by Pedro Neguera on equity and project-based learning. And he said that a good education should make you want more education. Yeah. And I think we'll be successful if the scholars are like continuously stoked to be there. And like part of our design process and conversations moving forward about what the heck we do next. Because I don't think we've seen the end of the changes that this global pandemic will bring in our lives um, and particularly in our discipline. And I feel like our success will be predicated on what this, what the scholars say. Yeah. I, I was particularly inspired uh, by that, that speech. We watched it all um, as a staff and um, I mean, just really, I think a refreshing take on what project-based learning is and should be. And like I said, I mean, I think that fits in perfectly with a conversation we could have about uh, that activism project. Um, we had a lot of fun with that, and I, th I think the kids did as well. Wow, it is so good to talk with you again. It's been, I, I needed this. I, I needed this back. Me too. It's so easy to get um, lost in everything that there is to get done in the start of a school year, in the end of a school year, in the middle of a school year. But I'm grateful that our reflections are captured in this way. Season two, are you ready for this? Yes, I feel like I am ready for it. It is going to be hard, but I'm ready. We will keep you all posted every step of the way. But until then, this has been the Odyssey of Learning podcast. My name is Hunter. And I'm Courtney. Let's make it a great year, guys. Woo